Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, we're back. We had a little technical issue in the beginning, but we're back. So listen, guys, warning, do you have, are you making, are you committing any of these 10 career-ending horrible habits? This is the second part to that two-part show. Yesterday was part number one. Um, interesting feedback, interesting emails we received. I love the emails that are basically like you guys are treating us as if you were going to the real estate confessional and admitting that you're committing some of these sins. So this is a good opportunity for you to be introspective and, and honest about why it is that you are or not accomplishing your goals. Even the small goals matter. You know, I was having a great coaching call with one of our clients this morning, and she said something to me, which I loved, and I wrote this down to share with all of you. She said, pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. And I asked her what she meant by that. It's kind of self-explanatory, but it's pretty good. And she told me, in essence, what she was referring to when she said that was the fact that when she is on, uh, basically, when you pass a FISBO, for example, that's the pain of regret of never actually having gone and knocked on the door. It's the pain of regret of never actually having made the, given yourself the opportunity to go after that business. It's the pain of regret of knowing you could have. And I asked her what the accumulation effect is in her life as she continues on that path, where basically she continues to, you know, she thought about this as well, where she basically continues to, uh, you know, pass those fizzbos. What's the, Julie, are you there? I think so. Yep, you are now. So what's the accumulation effect of not actually pushing yourself into that end zone on a regular basis? So I give I give her an example. And, you know, Julie and I talk about this because it's something everyone can relate to. Um, so we don't like working out. We don't like going to Arch Theory. And, I, and we've been doing it consistently for six months. Oh, my God. Yesterday was brutal. Those of you who are going, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody in the country does the same Orange Theory workout every day. You know, and I was having some of our coaching clients that had already taken a class earlier in the day warned me that the one, <laughs> the one from yesterday was brutal. And it was. Anyway, this isn't going to be talking about Orange Theory because Orange Theory works. That's the thing. But throughout the entire day, even though we've been doing it consistently for four days a week for the past six months, we still try to negotiate our way out of having to go. We still try to tell ourselves, well, we'll go tomorrow or maybe I'm just not feeling right or maybe there's something more important to do or, oh, my gosh, should I just spend that hour with Zoe or, you know, there's all these rationalizations and all these sort of inner, in, internal negotiations that go on throughout the day because that hour of working out is so intense. Um, that that is something that we have to still at our level, we have to battle with consistently by our level. I mean, even after having done it for so long, so many times, it never goes away. It's omnipresent. And when she said that this morning with regards to basically how she used to feel, she would ignore the fizzbos when she drove by, but you know, they'd be there caught in the corner of her eye. So she'd feel bad about it. And she then, you know, would rationalize, well, you know, the Fizbos are not motivated or they're not great. You know, all the normal things that weak agents try to tell themselves until then finally she decided to hire us as her coach. And she said, well, I no longer want to have that pain of regret anymore. I want to know what it's like to not be afraid to uh, knock on that door and make that phone call to do the real heavy lifting. And she's been coaching with us now for about 60 days and she's 
set, uh, I think she set six listing, no, she set two listing appointments with expired since our last call. And she's got another four that she's going to set probably today. Why? Because she's finally doing what she doesn't. I know it's awesome, right? She's finally doing what she doesn't want to do when she doesn't want to do it at the highest level. And so then the conversation kind of turned because she's being introspective. And frankly, I was really happy for her, proud of her even, told her that. The next stage of the conversation was asking her why it is, and she's in her 50s, why it is in her, why is that she allowed herself to conduct uh, her you know, professional life for probably the past decades, you know, like two or three decades, with such a lack of discipline. And she's been successful. You can be successful in real estate to a certain level without having a great level, a great amount of discipline. And she came to the conclusion, and I want you guys to think about this, it's kind of a profound statement, that the emotional payoff of not feeling like she had a schedule, the emotional payoff for not feeling like she had to have discipline, the emotional payoff for kind of doing what she wanted to do whenever she wanted to do it, was greater than what she perceived the emotional payoff would be for doing what she didn't want to do when she didn't want to do it at the highest level. You guys understanding what I'm saying? And many of you exist on that plane. You really like the idea that, well, let's be honest, your spouse doesn't know what the hell you do all day. And most times you don't know what you're doing all day. You're just chasing whatever the bright light is. You're going to whatever the voicemail was, the email. You're looking for whatever problem needs solved. You're buying buyer leads. You're doing all this haphazard, non-professional bullshit all day. And you know what? Everyone else you know does business the same way. Oh, you're going to hang out on this Facebook group. You're going to, oh my gosh, thank God there's some guru coming to town. You're going to go to some seminar and that's going to solve all your problems. I mean, this is your business life, isn't it? Occasionally you meander into a buyer, you luck out, you might get a listing from somebody you know at church or something like that. But there is no organized professional approach to the way you run your business. You spend all your time worrying about your logo and which CRM you're going to choose. You don't know how to prospect. You don't know how to lead generate. You don't know how to qualify. You don't know how to present. You don't know how to negotiate. And you don't know how to close. When you happen to do a deal, if you're being honest, it's by luck. It's not by design. It's not something that you actually went out and create. created. It came to you. How does that feel when you're, for many of you, that's fine. I get it. Many of you listening, we have a huge audience. It's 100 and, I don't know, 20, 26,000. So I get many of you, that's the payoff for you. Understand what I'm saying. That's the payoff. The not having to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it is the payoff for being in real estate. That's why you got into real estate because you didn't want to have discipline. You didn't want to have a boss. You didn't want to have accountability. Are you listening? Now, for the rest of you, the ones who actually got into real estate because you wanted to you know, help folks because you wanted to make a lot of money because you wanted to be rich where your money works for you, no longer work for your money. Or you, you no longer have to work for your money because money's coming in passively. For the rest of you, it does require discipline. It does require having an emotional, mental, you know, almost physiological breakthrough that I was describing from that coaching client, where she now realizes the pain of the discipline versus the pain of the regret. She doesn't want to have the pain of the regret anymore. She wants to push through the discipline. Cause, and, I, and this is a thing that people tell you that's frankly not true. It does get easier in a way that you don't have to think so hard about what you're doing. It becomes second nature. When you start having the same conversation with expired and for sale by owners, it's just, again, I'll bring in the orange theory and working out. I mean, someone will ask, you know, was it hard today? Well, of course it was hard. It's hard freaking every day. You know, it's never getting easier. It's always, but it yeah. does, it, it does require less physical 
uh, effort, it does require less mental effort because your body and your mind are getting more in tune with the activity. That's the same thing that goes true with prospecting. So don't believe the people out there, the bullshit out there, where they say a habit is formed in 27 days. No, I don't think so. That's just a bunch of horseshit. That's just a bunch of something that basically makes it so you guys can you know, buy a book or go to a seminar. The reality of it is, is when you're doing the real work of life, it is always hard. That's the reason it's called work. It's always hard, but you have to do it. Now, it does get easier, but it's always hard. When you're willing to do what's always hard, when you're willing to do the real work of life, I promise you the payoffs are worth it. <laughs> you know, I asked her, that's how we kind of, you know, it's interesting. It was an inspirational call for me. I think that's obvious because I'm sharing it with all of you. But so at the end of the coaching call, I asked her, I said, so like, what do you see your future being like now that you've had this, you know, it really wasn't a, a breakthrough, it was epiphany. What do you really see your future being like? And she knew that her future was limitless. She knew that whatever she chose to do with her life, whatever she put her mind to, she could accomplish it by basically doing what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do it at the highest level. The payoff of not having the discipline wasn't worth it to her anymore. She outgrew it. She matured. She now wants to have financial freedom. She now wants to go back to basically thinking about, well, maybe a vacation isn't just a trip down to the lake or, you know, buying another lake house. Maybe, maybe I actually want to go back to, you know, thinking about going over to Europe or maybe I want to do these different things. Maybe I just want to fully fund my grandchildren, whatever it is. She has decided that she's not going to be the person that drives by that FISBO anymore. She's decided that she's no longer going to be the person that has to suffer from the pain of regret. I want you guys to think about that because it's incredibly profound. That's what that, you know, when you read the reviews and Julie's about to share some of them, thank you for all the new reviews. You know, when you read our reviews and you read our book and you guys always pretty much do the same thing, you know, Julie's going to read a few of them here in a second. You guys get it. I mean, you understand the core message that we are all about is really A, being of service to other folks and B, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And you read any book written by anybody, you know, Disciplines by Ray Dalio is a great book that's out, number one uh, bestseller right now. You guys should get that book. It's a fantastic book. When you read any of these books by anybody that's really moved the needle in any significant way in the history of history, you'll find that those two themes that we do our best to beat into your heads are basically the North Stars for their lives. Now, they might not verbalize it the same way we do. A lot of times they'll you know, tell stories that are kind of getting around to it. But the reality of it is, is when you read this, the biography of somebody who's successful, you know, I'm, for some reason, Michael Phelps just pops into my head. You know, the countless hours. You guys know his story. You've heard it a billion times. Do you think what I loved about Phelps best of all is two things. Number one, he made he pulled no punches about the fact that he hated showing up at the pool every morning at 4 a.m. to swim. Hated it. Said it. Didn't like it. Very, very rarely wanted to do it. And number two, the thing I thought was really interesting is he always had the same coach. And there was a time when he fired his coach and his performance slacked off. Do you guys remember that? When he started getting in trouble, when he was starting the news for like smoking dope and all this other shit, that's when he was without his coach. And, soon as, and then he said, well, I want to go back and I want to be an Olympic athlete again. And then, you know, I want to win gold stars. And everyone's saying like, dude, your ship has sailed. There's no way you're going to get that back. You guys remember that? I was even pessimistic he'd be able to do it again. So hires the same coach, gets his shit back together and goes, goes back and wins more gold medals the second time around than he did the first time around. Remember that? Learn from that because he got away from doing what he didn't want to do when he didn't want to do it at the highest level. He decided to do what everyone else did at a certain degree, which is probably still ridiculously high. Uh, you know, his, his level is still probably higher than most of us. 
But he decided to just do what felt right. Yeah, man, it feels good. I'm worried about my emotions. Does it feel good? If it doesn't feel good, I don't want to do it. Think about that for a second. If it doesn't feel good, you don't want to do it. How many of you actually act like that? You might not say it, certainly as snarky as I just did, but how many of you act like that? How many of you of your lives are governed by what feels good? How's it working out for you? Most of the best things in life, guys, don't feel good while you're doing them. It feels good as a result. So my monologue's almost over. When you look at, for example, I, <laughs> someone wrote on the dry erase board, Orange Theory, yesterday, the best hour of the, the, the best moment of the day is when your hour of working out at Orange Theory is over. <laughs> did you read that, Julie? <laughs> no, I didn't. And I didn't write it <laughs> so either, but I wish I did. <laughs> that's so freaking true. Oh, true. yes, that's true. It's because you've done it. You're through it. You've done it. You're through it. Guys, I want you to experience that every single day, not just now and then. I know to some extent, some of you guys experienced that somewhere in your history. I want you to go back to looking for that emotion every single day and make that your lifestyle. Um, all right, Julie. Okay. So first of all, she's going to read some reviews, which we really, really appreciate. We sincerely do. Help us to get to uh, 300 reviews. I think now we're, I don't know, Julie, I think we're 10 away. So help us to get to 300 reviews on Amazon. I know Amazon's throttling some of your reviews. They'll, they do that sometimes. You'll put a review up and they'll hold on to it for like a day or two or a week. I don't really know why. They're verifying, I suppose, that you're a real person. But um, when, you do, when you guys submit a review for Harris Rules, uh, we're going to give you one of our two, basically a black or a camo, C-A-M-O, by the way. You guys are emailing us, not spelling it right. I checked the spelling, so I know I'm right. Um, email us and tell us what hat you want, a black hat or a camel hat. The camel hats look pretty badass. Personally, that's what I would choose. And these are really high-end quality hats. There's pictures of the hats on uh, Facebook. Literally, I don't want to talk about hats like we did yesterday, but the bottom line is, is these are pretty much the nicest ball. You know, they're like the trucker style mesh in the back. I could find, literally, I could not find a higher end, a nicer, well put together hat. I didn't want to put our names, our brand on anything that was going to be, you know, falling apart. So here's what we're going to do. These are the types of hats, by the way. I don't know how much you guys are hataholics like I am. Uh, but these are the types of hats that are you normally retail for like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or 30 bucks. Yes, some hats out there are $30 when they have all the high-end, uh, you know, stitching and whatnot like these do. So I've even probably paid more for hats than that, truthfully. I don't want to admit it, though, but I probably have. Uh, you're going to get one of these for free. And all you have to do is just go to Amazon and leave a review for Harris Rules. Uh, that's it, that's all you have to do. Help us get to 300 five-star reviews by the end of this week, we'd certainly appreciate it. And then after that, I want you to email help at timandjulieharris.com, help at timandjulieharris.com with a link to the review preferably and your address and obviously your name and then what hat you want, the black one or the camo. And we're gonna ship those out hopefully uh, this Saturday morning. So. Please send that. We're only going to be doing this through the end of the week. All right, Julie, go ahead with some of the reviews and let's get back to our points. Okay, great. So this is by someone just known as Amazon customer and writes, I've read it twice and bought one for every agent in my office. So thank you for doing that. Uh, they go on to say, this book helps you wade through the gimmicks promoted by so many companies and get back to practicing real estate and helping people. Thank you for that. This one's from John Raymond. Harris Rules is a must read for anyone and any business. I've suggested it to my children, some of whom are in real estate business, and every person who expresses a desire to change their financial world. Uh, written by Tony, 
Tony writes, like good teachers, Tim and Julie have an amazing ability to show and teach anyone at any level how to succeed in the real estate industry. Most importantly, these two bring the language of success down to a layman's understanding. Be careful, these two pack a punch, and once you listen and understand to what they're saying in their book and podcast, you're done for. Enjoy. I like that. And one more from Patricia Taglioni, Tagliolini, uh, likes the, the easy read practical guide to becoming a great realtor. They're always giving great and practical information. I love their no-nonsense approach. So we'll do some more of these tomorrow, but thanks so very much for your wonderful reviews. And if you guys are still listeners who don't know what we're talking about, go to Amazon.com. Super easy to find it. Harris Rules Book. Download it to your device, get the Audible version or the good old-fashioned hard copy. So back to you, Tim. Well, back to you, Julie, because you're the one that has the uh, notes for today's show. So, guys, listen, go ahead and grab your uh, free hat. All you got to do is leave us a review. Help us to get to 300. That's easy. Uh, what will that take you? 45 seconds? So go ahead and do that. The hat, the shipping, nothing on you, everything we're going to pay for. Just leave us a review and then send it to help at timandjulieharris.com. All right, um, Julie, next point. Yes, we're talking about crazy bad habits to leave behind you so you can find your success. Point number six, quit criticizing others. The negativity you spew out towards others will gradually cripple your own happiness. When you truly feel comfortable with your own imperfections, you won't feel threatened or offended by the imperfections you see in other people. So stop worrying about the flaws you see in everyone else and focus on yourself. Let the constant growth and improvement in your own life keep you so busy you have no time left to criticize others. Stick to the powerful goals you set in your real estate treasure map. I think that's a good policy in life, but certainly in the real estate practice. Whatever you feel like criticizing with clients, prospects, other agents, what have you, you know, this thing called karma does come around to bite you, and it's best not to go down that path. It's better to create the good things that come back at you. So end the criticism. I, I think I learned this a long time ago, Tim, with, and of course, every day there's another lesson related to it. But I remember before real estate, when I was working in a retail job in Worthington, and there was this lady there named uh, Judy Bergen, you remember her, okay. And she never had a word of criticism for anybody for any reason, noticeable. And I think I was like 20 or 21, when I noticed that about her. Um, I also noticed it about my own grandma had the same thing. It, it, people who are serious about not being overly critical, judgmental, you know, outwardly spewing that kind of stuff, people who really make that a lifestyle, you notice that. So I think it's a great thing to adopt in life, and it's very freeing. So on to point number seven. Quit running from your problems and your fears. Fact, if everyone threw their problems in a pile for you to see, you would grab yours back. Tackle your problems and fears swiftly. Don't run away from them. The best solution is to face them head on no matter how powerful they seem. Fears stop you from taking chances and making decisions. They keep you confined to just the small space where you feel completely comfortable. But your life story is simply the culmination of many small, unique experiences, many of which require you to stretch your comfort zone. Letting your fears and worries control you is not living, it's just existing. Bottom line, either you own your problems and fears or they will ultimately own you. Think about Tim's story at the top of this podcast. The agent that got over her fear of for sale by owners and decided that the freedom it gave her to actually go talk to them, list them, and help them was better than the lifestyle that she was, the smaller lifestyle she had because she kept on driving past them. That's just a micro example. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? 
Well, I mean, micro in, in that, yes, that's one example, but the accumulation of the accumulation effect of the, all of the FISBOs she'd driven by, think about if she just basically knocked on like the last 20 she'd uh, driven by and she'd listed only, let's say, five or six. The amount of money and the, who knows the amount of downstream business she would have gotten from that five or six transactions, that's not a little thing. That's a big thing. And if you're in a market where you know, a lot of you guys are where the sale prices are really high, that's a really, really big thing, right? So the accumulation effect, if I decide, for example, that I'm going to allow my weaker self to talk me out of going to Orange Theory today um, or something else that I don't want to do. If I allow that to happen and if I allow that to happen first thing in the morning, what's going to happen to the rest of the day? If you compromise yourself in the morning, you're just going to make, be making little compromises the rest of the day. You're going to allow yourself to negotiate yourself into laziness the rest of the day. One day becomes a lifestyle, guys. It happens just like that. That's how we gain weight. Fat people, generally speaking, just get fatter. Poor people, generally speaking, just get poorer. Why? Because they don't change the habits. Because the changing of the habits does require a massive amount of effort. And it's not easy. It sucks. It's supposed to. When you try to change your, the trajectory of your life, financially, emotionally, spiritually, physiologically, educationally, any of those things. When you try to change, if you decided, for, if I decided, just I wanted to become a concert pianist, could I do it? Maybe. What would it require? Such a ridiculous sacrifice that I'd never in a trillion years be willing to do it. Could I figure it out eventually if I decided to do it? Yeah, but that's not, that's not a challenge I want to take on. That's not a challenge that many of you would want to take on. But mastering FISBOs, expired centers of influence, past clients, learning how to prospect, learning how to be a great salesperson, learning how to be an incredible, powerful listing agent, that's not difficult. That's easy by comparison. I'm not saying it's easy in the sense that you can just snap your fingers, but compared to most of the other things that people do with their lives, it's simple. All you got to do is follow the system. All you got to do is follow the system that we created for you guys and stop trying to be creative. Stop trying to do your version of it. Stop trying to do a mismatch approach to, to your real estate practice. Because when you follow the system that we've finally honed over the last couple decades, not just from our own real estate, but from also coaching literally tens of thousands of agents who've used the system in all price ranges, in all markets, they know it works. They, a lot of them, most people, this is the pattern that most people follow when they come to coaching. They will be given the information, they'll be coached how to use it, and then they'll do their version of it. It won't work for shit, their version of it. The coach will say, why are you doing your version of it? It's not working for shit. And they'll say, well, I, like to, I wanted to add this, or I wanted to change this, I wanted to do the other thing. Why? Why would you, what are you trying to do by changing things? Why is it that you're trying to be creative? What is it you're really doing here? What does this have to do with helping people and making money? Why do you think that this business should be a creative outlet for you? That's ego, guys. Your job is to help people and make money. And if you have a surefire path, if you needed to drive 2,000 miles today, are you going to say, screw it, man, I'm just going to go? Some of you would. I know you would. I know you guys. Some of you would be like, I'm just going to go wherever the wind blows me. Eventually, I'll get there. I might look at a map occasionally, but for the most part, I'm just going to let my own spirit lead my way. Some of you guys are like that, and that's fine. How's that working out for you is all I have to say about that. But what most of you are going to do, you're going to fire up the GPS. You're going to do what the GPS tells you, and you're going to stay the course. Doesn't that just intuitively make sense if, you're really goal, if your goal is to get, you know, to be 2,000 miles from here? You're going to drive across country, basically? Aren't you going to follow the map that's going to get you there the quickest the sh without, with the least amount of hassle? And yet, that's not what most agents do. 
That's faulty thinking, guys. Thinking you have to recreate the wheel, thinking that this should be a creative outlet for you, that is failure thinking. Don't do it like that. That is 100% a function of ego. And I realize when you guys go to listen to all these other gurus and read books and all these other things, they're telling you to kind of put this patchwork quilt together, this mishmash of different ideas. And how, oh, I do a little this and a little that. Why would you if you can just follow one proven path? It doesn't intellectually make sense if your goal is to help people and make money, does it? Julie, am I missing anything on that? No, it doesn't. I mean, it it gets down to controlling. I think what you get back to on the whole schedule thing where one thing leads to the next and fat people get fatter and lazy people get lazier and poor people get poorer. But here's the thing. you got to start with something you can very easily control and build on that. One of my favorite books is called Habit Stacking. And it talks about, you know, start with no more snooze button. Cut that out. That's the first time you lie to yourself every morning. And then what does that lead to? Hitting the snooze button again. And now you're not following your schedule. So now that you didn't follow your morning schedule, why would you ever follow your afternoon schedule? And then you repeat that the next day. And, you know, sometimes even the grizzled veterans, Tim, will, will complain about the repetitious boredom. And that's when I bring Michael Phelps into it. You think repetitious boredom in real estate is the thing? Imagine looking at blue cement day in and day out as you swim in the same pool, trying to shave off a millisecond to your time. To me, just like you said, you know, becoming a concert pianist, you could do it, but it would be a big sacrifice and a lot of effort. I, you know, I don't think I could ever swim like Michael Phelps, but let's just start with doing what he has well, to do to do it. But hold on, Joy. So <laughs> you know, in the time, but, but listen. It is, but listen, I want to point something out. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you guys that we're not full of shit. We do what we say we're going to do. Julie, when she started in Orange Theory six months ago, she literally had trouble running because she's never thought of herself. And I, We talked about this before, so I'm not embarrassing her. Yeah. And she's not, yeah. never thought of herself as an I, athlete. I, so she never, she never did anything cardiovascular. So she didn't have any endurance. She could go for a short distance, but then she would not be able to run and uh, she would not be able to get her heart rate up consistently. It took her, and, and for the first probably 90 to 120 days, maybe not that long, Julie, you'll remember better than me, Julie was convinced that there was something wrong with her physically first, and then she was, oh, there's something wrong with her, this, the other thing, and then she, was trying, then she was trying to convince herself that there's something wrong with the monitor that was monitoring her heart rate. And what she did is basically she just came to the conclusion was neither one of those things were true. The real truth was that she wasn't in as good a shape as she thought she was. Getting herself up to the point where phys physically, physiologically, she could actually do what she wanted to do when we were at Orange Theory took more work and took longer than she thought it would. What would most of you have done? I can tell you because I look in the group and that we exercise with every day at 430. Well, it's because we're in the you know, personal development business and we've been doing this forever. Most people quit before they have the breakthrough. And now she goes in there and she runs basically if you guys are ever on a runner, you'll know what I'm talking about. She runs it like at eight and a half and she'll be covered with sweat, but she looks like a little jock now. Now, if most of you would have given up, you wouldn't have pushed through. So Julie, I want you to go back for the sake of all of our listeners where you had, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to basically negotiate with yourself, trying to convince that yourself there's something wrong with you physiologically, or there's something wrong with your tracking equipment, you know, checking your heart rate and all that that we, you wear during orange theory. How did you push past that and decide to stop putting up your own bullshit and actually do it? It's a good question. I would start with the fact that I had over the years developed that 
let's be honest, negative mindset about not being a cardio person. You know, I hated running around the track in middle school, high school, never my thing, hated it. Always felt like I was going to die, you know. And over the years, you start believing that and not just, you know, not liking it, but actually kind of, you know, oh, I hate running, I hate cardio. That was a pretty negative mindset. But I discovered, and maybe this is partially because I'm on the analytical end of the spectrum, but I discovered that when I actually understood it better and I could game it better, that I could then succeed. When I realized that my heart rate goes up to the, you know, magic orange zone at 153, then I had a goal. I could go towards that 153. When I noticed that when I got there, I actually was not dropping dead, okay, then maybe I could up it a little bit, right? So part of it was like, I mean, how would you ever be a concert pianist if you didn't know your scales? I didn't have any scales with regards to running. And there, you know, there are things that make it easier. Raising the incline raises your heart rate faster. I didn't have any of the tools. You know, it's no different than in real estate. You're, you're terrified of a big listing appointment if you don't have a listing presentation. Well, guess what? You should be, <laughs> okay? So I had to make those um, allowances for myself to learn that plus the consistency of being successful at it. You know, we see this in, in uh, our coaching clients all the time. As soon as you get a really good expired victory, you get addicted because now you know you can do it. And I had to have that on the treadmill, and I had never had that before. Once I had the first that, time you got, all right, good. I know how to win. The fir- those, those of you guys who go to OTF, I mean, I, she wasn't even getting any spot points for a long time. And she was, I'm telling I you, she was really – that's right. And then, well, I mean, you're just being funny, but the truth is, is that you really did think there was something wrong with you or the equipment. And then as soon as she got, she got sick, there was a little breakthrough where she just realized she just wasn't pushing herself hard enough. That was it. That was the, that was all it took. You know, she realized where her heart rate had to be to get spot points that she realized what the number was. She realized what she, then she started doing it. Now that's how all of you guys are about everything else. Now the accumulation effect of her knowing and having that information means that fairly consistently when she goes to OTF, she knows exactly what she has to do and she can, does it consistently, not becoming easier necessarily, but it's becoming intellectually easier because she knows what she has to do. The stress of not knowing has been removed. That's what coaching is all about. That's what following a system is all about. That's what having somebody, a third party, and Orange Theory does include a coach, right? That's what having a coach telling you when you're doing something wrong or right is all about. I want you guys to experience that. Look, we're still early in the year, relatively speaking. There's still time for you to make this your best year ever. What the hell are you doing about it? If you don't do something radically different, the 127, whatever, 1,000 of you listening, if you don't do something radically different, if you're lucky, you're going to do what you did last year. If you're lucky. If something happens, interest rates go up more some geopolitical event, North Korea, Mickey Mouse, I promise you guys that's going to happen. Something that's going to erupt second quarter. Half of the fifth fleet is over in uh, you know, the J- uh, J- Sea of Japan. You don't think they're just there basically fishing? There's going to be some kind of geopolitical event with North Korea the second half of the year, guaranteed. What do you think that's going to do? I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to cause people to be nervous, consternation. That's going to cause the market to possibly slow down, especially in your guys' California upper end markets. Look, I can give you about a twenty point of you know a list of twenty other things to believe that the housing market might slow down. I can give you twenty reasons to believe the market will still do great. The point is, is unless you change, you're probably going to do barely what you did last year, unless you're willing to push yourself through. And you know, forming new habits is the main main part of the game. It's going to be harder. It's going to take longer. That's one thing I wish people would have told me when I was younger. 
<laughs> right? I mean, every, that's the problem with believing a new habit takes 37 days to form. Well, it's 37 days and this still isn't easy. Those types of things are just a bunch of bullshit to sell books. The reality of it is, is everything worth doing takes longer than you think it'll take and requires about 10 times more effort than you think it'll take. Everything. Not just this, everything. Don't give up. The competition you have, the higher up on the ladder you climb, uh, it, they, they'll be fewer and far between because most people give up. I think you guys can relate to what we're talking about. So listen, we really appreciate you continuing to make this the number one listen to podcast for agents, daily podcast. If you want to listen to past shows, just go to iTunes or go to our own main website, timandjulieharris.com. If there's anything we can do for you, we love your emails. We love your questions. We, anything and everything, let us know if we're on track. Anything we can be doing uh, to help you. Tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie at timandjulieharris.com. We are accepting new appointments. If you guys want to have a free coaching call, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. You have a great day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.